You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Many of us desire to feel seen, witnessed, supported, empowered, and assured. We want a thought partner that is willing to slow down enough to listen to us and know who we are before they give us any strategic feedback, any strategies. And we want to align what we believe with what people see. Because when you align the soul of your brand with what the world sees, you'll attract the best fit clients, alignment, ease, and confidence. All the things that flow naturally when you're promoting the work that you want to be doing, not just what will sell the fastest, because this is business that feels as good as it looks from the outside. And in order to do this, you have to be willing to drop the veil. And in this episode, that is exactly what we're diving into is dropping the veil. Screw the template, own your values and amplify your influence. Welcome to the Flaunt Your Fire podcast, where we defy still marketing advice and own our power. I am your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, plus co-founder of Pause on the Play, the community, India Jackson. And today I am joined by occasional co-host and co-founder of Pause on the Play, the community, Erica Corday. Welcome to the show, Erica. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's always fun to have you here because I feel like you ask me things that I don't even think to like to share on the podcast. <laughs> And vice versa. I always like having these opportunities to ask questions, to learn something that maybe you didn't know, but then it kind of goes down this rabbit hole of like, oh, wait, then there's this. So (laughs) I'm here for it. I always feel like we're winning if we discover something new about each other on an episode that we didn't already know because we know so much. (laughs) Facts. All facts. (laughs) Well, today we're taking um, people on a journey of really being able to kind of know a little bit more about Dropping the Veil, our new event coming up, as well as what it has been like to begin the process of dropping our own veil over the years. Um, And so if you're new to Dropping the Veil, if you haven't heard of it yet, let me tell you about it. (laughs) It is our three-day virtual event. And it is coming in August. We're looking at August 12th to August 14th. And we're going to be spending lots of time with you going 
in these amazing panels and speaker segments where individuals are going to be sharing with you what it has been like for them to drop their own veils and to really step into being more of themselves and how that's transformed their lives, it's transformed their public image, and it's transformed their businesses. Uh, as I share that, what comes up for you when you think about dropping the veil, Erica? It's, I, I don't know, like I feel like when I think about it, it's very much this what feels like almost like a two-way mirror like you can see through but maybe people can't see you and it's almost like you think that you're hiding you think that you're able to kind of do whatever and nobody knows but then nobody knows you so I feel like when you drop that veil you not only get an opportunity to see the world differently but you get an opportunity to be different so it's just almost like your eyes are able to just see this entire reality you didn't even know existed previously. Oh, thank you for saying that because when we first came up with the name of it, um, I loved it, but I didn't quite connect that dot that, yes, when you are wearing a veil, you visually can see out, but people kind of can't see you. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah, that's a thing. And I feel like that's true a lot. Um, when it comes to showing up in the public space, like social media and podcasting and things like that, like you get to decide what people see about you and how much of that is like the full you. Yes. And the interesting thing about it is that often the veil is self-imposed. And so like, I'll even say for myself, um, you know, for those that don't know, India likes to push me anyway, but I have parts of myself that I don't do as good of a job as, you know, keeping them from hiding behind the veil. And so it's something I'm actively working on for myself. Part of that being that, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. I create words, I create poems and movements and impact with that. And being able to kind of reintegrate these pieces of yourself into your visibility and how you exist just being on a regular day-to-day -day basis. I mean, there's so much power in it. And I hope that people don't underestimate how powerful that concept of dropping the veil really is. You said push. I'll say I strongly encourage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've noticed that that over, it's taken a while. Um, and it's interesting to see things coming full circle. But you started Erica Corday as being like an outlet to share your poetry and then it became a, a business and then before we knew it like that kind of went away and it's been slowly being reintegrated and I think that that's what stands out to me for myself as well is like you know it doesn't have to be this or that right I can keep the pieces that inspire me and excite me or that I love doing on the weekends and that can also still be a part of the business or a part of the public image or a part of the brand. It doesn't have to be disjointed. Um, and I think that there's a happy place in the middle where it's not fully one side of all human humaning over here and all businessing, right? There's right. a happy place in the middle of that. And so I would be remiss to not ask you, what do you think your personal happy place is? Oh, that's a good question. I have a lot of them. 
I got a long list. I don't think we have time on this episode for it. Well, can I um, acknowledge though that to say that you have multiple and to acknowledge that out loud is a big thing. And it's not something that I think people of color, specifically black people, often feel as though they have the agency to acknowledge that, let alone to actually like revel in that. I just kind of felt like I had to pause on it for a minute. No, thank you. I think that that's really important. And the truth of the matter is that I didn't always feel that way. Um, and I didn't always uh, feel like I could acknowledge it publicly or not feel guilty about it and things like that. And that's been a journey in itself of number one, um, creating more joy in my life, uh, you know, working through trauma and stress and things like that. But then also like actually giving myself permission to continue to invite more of that in and to live it out loud. Right. That's been a process. (laughs) But uh, to directly answer your question, I would definitely say friends and family have become a major part of my joy, Um, but not just the individuals themselves and how they show up for me and for each other, for themselves and in the world. Um, but it also is the quality time and the way that we're spending time together. Um, I've been really happy about watching that evolve into us doing more joyful things uh, from working out together to you and I have been like roller skating and I'm a little clunky still, but we getting the skills down, you know, <laughs> um, spending time with the kids and going to the parks and just the normal day to day life stuff that I think for much of my life of um, coming from, you know, a low-income family that very much was like, you got to go to school and you got to do all these things and make money, um, you know, were not priorities to do. There was a lot of adulting and not a lot of living. Right. And I think that that can absolutely put you in a place to where all of the joyful or fun and, and, and full and youthful Um, And what some may even call frivolous pieces do have to go hide behind the veil because they feel like afterthoughts. They're not priorities. They're not necessary. So put it away. Right. At times, maybe it even felt like procrastination. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've come to know and to accept and embrace that it's actually the joyful pieces of my life that contribute to everything that you see happening in the businesses and we have and and the brands. Um, really being able to kind of put that oxygen mask on first concept, but also like, you know, I have to be able to take care of myself in order to be able to take care of other people concept. Absolutely. And that's where I think it's important for people to recognize that this is not something that is, it's a life affliction for many people. It's not something that only women have or only people of color have. I think everybody has it to some degree and that, there's a lot of value in not only considering what it can mean for you as an individual to drop the veil, but understanding that in a lot of cases where you're really going to be challenged and invited to truly drop it, it's likely going to come from people around you. It's really not a solo act in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can't drop the veil without visiting like who are you behind that veil, your identity. Mm -hmm. And there's been so much freedom 
and I'll say ease, not necessarily easy, (laughs) but ease. And really exploring and playing with the idea of who I am. And I've seen you do it too, Erica, playing with who you are and not feeling like that has to be fixed in any particular story from past, present, or future that you want it to be. Um, Allowing yourself to be fluid in your identity. And I think a big part of that for me started with actually experimenting with asking myself, like, what does fun feel like for me? Um, And I started that maybe about two years ago. And I just started like trying something new every month that maybe I hadn't done since I was a kid or ever. And being like, is this fun for me today? (laughs) Maybe I thought this was fun, but, or maybe I thought it wouldn't be fun, but I'm a different person today. So let's see what it feels like today. And to me, that speaks to that curiosity, that willingness to experiment and give it a shot without any attachment to an expectation of how this has to play out. It's just like, all right, let's see what happens. And whatever happens is cool. Mm -hmm. And we've landed on different things (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we think are fun. (laughs) Right. We have some in common, though. We, We do. And see, this is where, to me, part of... Part of what I find to be important, and it's a little thing that I think is an act of rebellion, is not only experiencing the fun, but if you are going to live out loud, I think we have gotten very conditioned to live trauma out loud and challenges out loud. And we don't often live joy out loud enough. And so those opportunities where you're like, let's try something different, or I'm curious about this. Like, those are the things that I really do invite people to live those things out loud because there's not nearly enough of that shared freely. I agree. And I think it's even more true for black and brown people like ourselves. Um, We are, I think that we're given a narrative that we can't and that we are here to be modern slaves to do, to produce, to grow, to expand, to work. Um, We're not here to play. Like, how dare you? How dare you have fun? That's frivolous. Right. (laughs) And the reality is, is that fun for people that have been denied access to fun, that is an act of rebellion. And so I think it's so important for that to be understood. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting because for me, and I'm curious to know from you if it's similar, that when I began to experiment with revisiting what is fun for me and really just have an open mind and no preconceived notions about that and giving myself a room to wipe the slate clean of any ideas I already had, um, it kind of had like this domino effect in my life because then I started experimenting like, do I really like this food over that food? You know, I um, I think I went back and tried like a couple of different types of berries that I thought I didn't like, like raspberries and blackberries. And like, do I really not like this food? Maybe I like right. it. I don't know. You know, um, and you start with simple things like that that are kind of light. You know, worst case, you don't like a food or you don't like activity. You just stop eating it or doing it. Right. But then you begin to explore so many other pieces of yourself. And really, for me, it began this process of 
how much of who I am or who I thought I was is actually coming from me and how much of it was a script that I was given to follow, how much of it maybe was created at a much younger age, but maybe I'm not that person anymore, you know, um, and I'm very grateful that imposter syndrome did not come up in the traditional sense for that. But mm. I'm kind of wondering from you, as you started experimenting, did it kind of domino into other areas as well? Oh, yeah. Because I think the minute you start to question things, it very much becomes, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Or what about this? And if you really are open and curious enough, you begin to question everything from you know, who was I told that I have to be? Is this actually who I am? Do I like, you know, this, this individual? Um, you know, does this feel aligned? Is this what I want for myself? Do I actually dislike this? Or was I told that I'm not supposed, you know, you, you question everything. And I think it really puts you in a place to have to claim who you are consciously versus, oh, well, that's just what a person that looks like me does. <laughs> Something about you saying that made me cringe. <laughs> oh, it, it makes me cringe too. And I feel like there's so many narratives that I was given of how I was supposed to operate. And it took a lot of very conscious effort on my part to say no to that. And it is, it, 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 it's a lot. Like it's not a small thing to say that I was programmed to be this thing and I won't. Like, that's a lot. Oh my goodness. And I mean, it really starts there. We talk about visibility here so much, but I do believe that a part of who you show up as publicly in the public image that you're creating for yourself, for your brand, for your business it does go back to what you believe is happening inside as far as that identity, the identity of yourself as a human, but also the identity of your brand, because that's different. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the identity of your business, if you own a business, is also different. And it's been so beautiful to watch both of us experimenting with identity and then actually taking the courageous step to say that we're not just going to unpack these things privately. We're going to be visible about them and we're going to share with people these new areas of joy or these new areas that we're experimenting with or that we've discovered about ourselves publicly. Right. And it's an ongoing action. It is not one and done. It is not, oh, I'm finished now. Because once you begin, it's almost... It's almost something that you crave because you're like, I'm creating this amazing individual by choice. And I love where this is going. What else is possible? And it's such an inspiring thing to do for yourself and to witness other people doing. I cannot state that strongly enough. Uh, whenever I hear you talk about that, it makes me think about the word integrity and it's so overused. Mm -hmm. It is so overused, but this is the definition of integrity for me is being who, you know, you truly are here to be right. And not compromising that and being that person in all the places, being the brand or the business that, you know, you were meant to have 
and not compromising on what that is and how it is and consistently being that in all the places and in all the ways and not backing down because society told you it needed to be something else or someone else gave you some negative feedback about it or whatever that may be. The business will always be there. The clients will always be there. And, you know, both Erica and I (laughs) that you're listening to today are living proof that the more we've been ourselves, the more we've attracted. The interesting thing about this entire conversation is, I mean, we haven't even talked for 20 minutes yet. And yet this reminds me so much of the exact type of conversation that prompted us to want to create what you will experience in dropping the veil. Absolutely. Would you like to do the honor of telling them where they can learn more about that? I can. You can come <laughs> over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash events. Dropping the veil is right there. It will tell you more about it. It tells you the date. You will learn more about exactly what it is that's happening and how it's not just something else that you'll come and listen. You will participate and you'll be able to actually integrate what you've learned and figure out what's next for you. I love the integration and participation. There are too many events that are just consuming, 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 and then you leave overwhelmed and do nothing. This is not that event. No. So I'm going to co-sign Erica that my action item for you today is to really be again the process of seeing what this work can look like for yourself by heading over to pauseintheplay.com slash events and getting your spot for dropping the veil while they're still available. You know you want to be there. Why not? Of course you do. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everyone. And we have some cool episodes coming up soon. So make sure you stay tuned. And while you're here, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'm going to encourage you to share it with a friend on social media and go ahead and leave us a written review if you haven't already on Apple Podcast. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?